Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. You're about to listen to the re-released Bananas for Bonanza, Episode 8. This is Andy Daly. Hello! Here on this free feed, I'll be re-releasing all of the back episodes of Bananas for Bonanza, one every other week. If you want to hear new episodes ad-free, please subscribe to my Patreon at patreon.com slash andydaily. The entire Bananas for Bonanza archive is also waiting for you there, and you can access lots and lots of bonus content. So do that. Okay, thank you. Enjoy! Bonanza, it's the finest show alive So consult your TV guide, get your great outdoors inside Take some ponderosa pride and forever make it All right, Brian, who for some reason signs his emails, Ryan, uh, I'm going to start the show with a yeehaw like always, so make the necessary adjustments to the equipment. Here we go. Yeehaw! <laughs> oh, wait a minute. What was that, Mutt Taylor? Mutt Taylor is always firing off some kind of weapon at the beginning of the show, and this time looked looked a little different to me. What do you got? I got a Rambo compound bow that I just shot into the side of my tractor trailer for shits and griggles. Wow! Now Rambo, when he when Rambo, when he I like Rambo. That's Rampo. a grandpa and a Rambo. Rampa. That's what they call me. Uh, that's what they should have called that last movie. He's when he does it. There's there's an explosive device on it, isn't there? Isn't that right? Yeah. So, well, wait till next week. Holy shit. Oh, man. All right. Well, good. Hey, folks, I'm going to say the thing I say at the top of the show every time. Hello, friend. Come on in. The gate is open wide. And that is, once again, from the lyrics that was later written to the to the music of the theme song of Bonanza. And as we've discussed before, those lyrics are an awkward fit. Uh, okay. Welcome, folks, to episode eight and six of Bananas for Bonanza with Dalton Wilcox. That's me. I'm Dalton Wilcox, a real working cowboy. 
I am the poet laureate of the West and our nation's foremost collector and chronicler of the wit and wisdom of the West. And on each episode of this podcast, we discuss an episode of the classic Western TV show Bonanza, which sadly rode off into the sunset after only 14 seasons. And today we are up to season one, episode eight, the Philip uh, story. Dietusheimer story. And, the Dutchman, uh, that Dutchman. The Dutch, yeah. You just call him the Dutchman. He yes. says at the end of the episode, he is spoiler, a Dutchman with a Transylvanian accent. It's really impressive. <laughs> is that what that accent was? I was trying to place it throughout the show. Yeah. But he said at the end, he said, "Hey, f- future people who want to talk about me, feel free to just call me the Dutchman." So I guess we can do that. Uh, and uh, I, we're, we've got a wonderful guest we're going to introduce, but first I want to uh, check in with our uh, my regular co-host. we got Mutt Taylor. Hello, Mutt. Ladies. Mutt, oh, just to the ladies. <laughs> Sorry, right. gentlemen. Yeah. Gentlemen, don't listen to Mutt when he speaks. <laughs> Throughout this episode, he'll only be talking to the ladies. Uh-huh. Uh, Mutt Taylor is the guitarsman of the Journeyman uh, Country Western Band. And uh, uh, you're, you're riding around in a Peterbilt. That's right. I'm living in the tractor trailer and driving in the cab. And uh, yep. if I feel like camping, I camp in the cab because it feels like I'm not at home. Staying one step ahead of this virus. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Outrunning it. All right. And then we've got Amy Sleverson, a Christian entrepreneur. Amy Hello. Sleverson. Hi, Amy. How are you? Hi. I am so excited because uh, my multi-level marketing company, Lots Daughters, has so many new product lines as a result of this episode. Oh, and really? Yes. Whoa. Yes. It was so inspiring. And that was, and I think a lot of it was because uh, God or God's son wasn't featured in this this show and he was he was within me. Oh, yeah. God's, little Joe. Oh, little, little Joe. Joe. Yes. Little Joe's but- within all of us. This was an unusual episode of Bonanza in that half the regular cast wasn't in it at all. You know, sometimes there'll be a thing. We've had to we've had it to happen before where uh, Haas will say, well, folks, I'm off to San Francisco. Goodbye for the rest of the episode. And that happens in the first five minutes. But this we didn't even we didn't even catch a glimpse of Ben Cartwright or Little Joe. Not even once. Yeah. And you never saw Little Joe, but somehow he was he managed to mill hundreds of pieces of giant timber in a single night like he's a cobbler's elf of timber melon yeah into honeycomb huh? yeah that's right they made a honeycomb oh we're getting way we're getting way ahead of ourselves now it's exciting but yeah 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 but uh so amy now so this is something that often happens you you go back now you're a big old bonanza fan but you're yeah. you're just like all of us you're revisiting yes. these episodes in order and sometimes you'll become inspired by what you've seen to come up with a new a uh, Christian home good, which people can buy through your multi-level marketing system, which has now the two levels, just you and your husband, right? Right, right. I mean, we're willing to, we're looking to expand, um, but okay. so far we've got to move a lot of the product that we already have in the garage. So, yeah. but now I'm thinking we're going to get into um, grocery delivery to <laughs> widows, people whose their husbands have died at work. Um, and it's yep. called... Uh, victory, it, 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 victory pantry, and it's um, it's where you're in um, you know your husband's died in an important cause, and then yeah. you get a little bag of groceries, send your ba- pa- pan of groceries to your friend, you know. Yeah, 
That's a great idea. Finally, Christian grocery delivery. I don't, you know, I'd like to know that the person delivering my groceries is a person of faith. Instacart, you don't know. You yeah, don't know no, where they're from. Or, and then they might try to say, oh, I'm going to exchange that, that flower you wanted for some other kind of flower. But we won't, we won't exchange it. We just won't bring it. <laughs> Do you guys deliver to tractor trailers? Because I could just as easily drive to a grocery store, but I'd just as soon have it delivered, especially by a Christian. Of course, we definitely deliver to truck stops and um, any rest areas, just as long as you put it on our Christian credit card, which is a federally recognized Christian credit union. Uh, we also do extractions Wait. of of dark spirits um, with your mortgage lending and uh, twenty. It's a twenty one percent interest uh, if you're cash poor. You said that federally recognized, but it's not federally backed. It's just the federal government acknowledges this. It's exists. recognized. I see. People, okay. they they have sent us mail. The government's aware of you. That's good. To yes. Hear. And by the way, yes. That's the perfect time to extract a dark spirit when you're refinancing your mortgage. Just exactly. get it all done in one blow. But I want to get our guest in here, ladies and gentlemen. We have yep. a wonderful guest this time. Each week we bring in somebody new to discuss an episode. And uh, sometimes it's somebody I know and sometimes it's somebody I don't know. And uh, this is that latter case. This is a fellow by the name of John Gaberman. How you doing, John? Correct me uh, if I got your name wrong. Yeah, it's uh, it's pronounced Gabris. Uh, thanks oh. for having me, Dalton. Nice to meet Mutt and Amy. Uh, yeah. Pleasure meeting all you guys. Yeah. This is exciting. I uh, thanks for giving me a platform for uh, getting my shit out there, get my stuff out there. <laughs> oh yeah, don't let we do cur we do every once in a while cuss on this show. You feel free. Oh, so right. uh, what do you mean? What what do you what what do you do? You're an actor and a kind of podcast man. And what what's, uh, what's your story, John? What do yeah, you want to get out there? Well, uh, I tell my friends I'm an actor. My accountant knows I'm a podcaster, and uh, I call, but I call myself a comedian. Uh, I guess I was supposed to obviously quarantine kind of hit with the COVID nineteen stuff, and like oh, yeah. then there's all this like kind of police stuff that's going on. But really, uh, I'm supposed to be out promoting my new show right now, but it's not. Uh, we haven't been able to film it, so I had this slot booked already. But I'd like to do like a deep, deep plug now to check out. In Practical Jokers presents Body Swap Sushi, um, and minute, that wait and, and wait a minute, what, what, the, what the hell is happening? What? what That's supposed to be the show I'm air I'm in airing on True TV right now, but because of delays in production and uh, and like the premise of our show, it's been oh. uh, punt it's been punted to who knows Q3 Q4 who. No one so you're really telling tell. me they, they scheduled you as a guest on this podcast to promote your show, and they they scheduled that so long ago that now it turns out the show hadn't been able to be made, and all th yes. everything's been thrown off. Okay. Yeah, so and, it, and it was supposed to be like, I'll just give you the rundown. It's uh, so I go to body sushi restaurants where like- what, Hang on, what, what the hell is a body sushi restaurant, goddammit? It's where like rich businessmen eat sushi off of the uh, nude a nude woman. Oh, I did but this with Chris Christopherson one time. <laughs> yeah, yes, 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 he, yes. But he exactly. was the nude woman. Uh, see, and then that's where that's where we're playing with that too. So I have the impractical jokers, those guys who can get anything greenlit at True TV. They oh, got really? me on there, and uh, <gasps> so it's presented by them. And we go to these restaurants, and then when the sushi comes out, it's me. I'm laying there, and the sushi's on oh! my body. 
and we see how long it takes for the group of horny uh, businessmen to uh, realize and kind of where where we go from there, you know? Wow. My husband loves impractical jokers because it tricks people into feeling bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just going through your day feeling fine or however you're feeling, and then all of a sudden, somebody tricks you into feeling bad. That's hey, funny. Uh, John. You think one thing's happening, but another thing is, and then you feel yeah. ashamed. <laughs> I love it. John, has anyone ever mistaken your little wiggly for some shrimp or some such? Uh, well, there, therein lies another part. Uh, so there's like a su- like the third act, as they say, is actually a game against me because they they hit me with an injection of 100 milligrams of Cialis before I go out there, oh. and a big part of the game for me is. So not, try not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm trying not to get erect the whole time, and they, and part of the game oh. is I have a little shrimp tail, uh, you know, uh, spirit gum to my to the tip of my little wiggly, as you called it, yeah. and that uh, if anyone grabs that, I'm immediately disqualified. Whoa, wow. spirit gum, that oh. stuff sticks on there, but good, you got a shrimp uh, spirit gum down to your pecker. <laughs> just got just the what tail. Nightmare. Uh, it's hey, still now- there. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you got to get that off with alcohol, <laughs> which which in and of itself you don't want to put on there. Hey, man, Dalton, man. how do you know so much about theater stuff and grease paint? And stuff? Well, I only know about uh, th- that in particular because uh, sometimes I'll I'll glue a mustache on if uh, what <laughs> because if I accidentally shave my mustache, which I've done several times, oh. uh, you know, because you know how it goes. If you accidentally shave off a corner of it, you, the whole thing's got to go. And then yeah. I'll j- just glue it, glue one on for a few weeks until I grow back a new one. Okay. That, that's very common cowboy practice. You find most cowboys, half the cowboys out there on the range got just temporarily gluing on a sideburn because they took one off by accident. I crocheted. Yeah, I'm shaving. You understand, I'm shaving in the reflection from the bottom of a tin can out there on the range. It's I'm not sh- easy. <laughs> yeah. Right. I crocheted a beard so I could do direct sales at sports bars. Oh. Oh. <laughs> what, what color a beard did you make? I made it as a dark brown to go with my hair. My hair is kind of a dishwater brown. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's about and right. I, I didn't get any sales, but boy, did I have a good time! Wow, I didn't know we all had this in common because sometimes I've singed off my mustache in a in a campfire, but I don't yeah. have a problem because uh, I can grow a beard or a mustache simply by kind of doing a full body tense, like a uh, like if I make a bowel movement, that kind of tension will also force hair out of my face, and I can oh. just watch this. Watch. Oh, oh my God! Wow! Oh. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, that was you're nuts. Like, that's like, you're like the woolly, yeah. yeah, that was like the woolly bully, uh, like magnet man. You yeah, I mentored full... Sam Elliott. <laughs> oh, that's oh, I... See, I, I, I have kind of the opposite. I can't shave, but in order to present a clean cut face every once in a while, I have to cover my whole beard in like a uh, chin putty and like fake skin and stuff for when I go out for auditions for uh, guys with oh, clean yeah. shaven faces, CEOs. I'm going on a lot of auditions for CEOs, business types. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you wear so a I, bald cap for your chin. Yeah, I wear a bald cap for my chin. And a lot of people say it makes me look like Jay Leno, Brandon Lee. Like my head is just a, it's a, a little Max Headroomy. But oh, yeah. uh, 
but I can't shave my face. I just break out instantly if I try to shave this face. Well, that's what one thing I was going to say. Uh, no offense, John, but you don't look like a woman. And so when to fool somebody into thinking that it's a woman underneath all that sushi, they must put on hundreds of pieces of sushi. You must be covered head to toe. Oh, I'm getting the full boat. But also with like uh, certain uh, angles and posture and, you know, you can make uh, pictorial like with just contouring and shading these this hair and makeup team. I, I come out and I cut. It's confusing, at least for a, a, a few seconds, but well, mostly the, they're. And the sorry. fact that you're silent, that can be very womanly as well yeah. as laid out like like you're um a victim of something's happened that yeah, yeah you're not wrong because i know that i have a real nose for pheromones and i can smell a woman about 600 yards it's usually <laughs> the case so but yeah. if you're covered in sushi i think that fish is not unlike uh, coffee grounds to cocaine you wouldn't know and i don't know anything about that and don't look in my trailer but i think <laughs> that has something to do with it people wouldn't know you as a fella yeah, a lot of people are saying I'm smelling male and female fish, but no real human pheromones underneath because yellowtail oh. and toro, that, that stuff's very overpowering powering to the olfactory sense. Right, right. Oh, yeah. sure. The old yeah. factories. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how he brought old factories into it, but uh, I like talking. To, I have, You know, I have a, a photo collection of photos of old factories. Anyway, uh, hey, Amy, you, you talk a lot about how... Uh, uh, Women are supposed to be quiet. Do, do you do you and your husband have any sort of an arrangement like that, or you know what I mean? Yes. Oh, okay. I what I do most of the time, if we have anything to talk about, is mm -hmm. I I I lay under a blanket, and then he he stands over me, and then mm -hmm. just he shouts he shouts and he really enunciates it, so I hear it and I take yeah. it in, and then then. When I feel like I need to get a breath, I take the blanket <laughs> off and then I go under again. And then, you know, he tells me what he wants for dinner and things like that. And that's wait, a conversation. <laughs> We're close. We're very close. Now, when you, uh, well, I don't understand. Uh, when, you, when you have the blanket on over your head, that's when you can say the thing you want to say? No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. It's so that I hear his message and I'm not distracted by any other, oh, uh, you know, source of okay. information. Like, oh, you know, if, what if I saw, you know, some some something outside of what he's saying, and I might, I, I not, see. might take it in that that he, he wants, he wants spaghetti for dinner tonight. Right, right, right. And he doesn't want to hear, oh, I know, oh, you, did you say that? I didn't hear it. I was looking out the window. Yes. Wants, yeah, I get yes, it. Yes, I, I don't it. have a phone for that very reason. No phone oh. for me. <laughs> do you, Amy, do you guys have a shorthand? Does he come in and, like, point at the blanket, and you know that means it's time to lay down and put it over your head, and he's going to explain well, what he'd like know, for dinner? To I, I like being under the blanket. You know, so many people say, oh, what, women, you know, it, it's against women's rights and stuff. And I say, have you ever been under a blanket? <laughs> it's nice. It is nice. People do it willingly just about every damn night. <laughs> you know, yeah, blankets are wonderful. 
Uh, okay, I figured you, the two of you might have had some kind of an arrangement. I, I didn't know it was going to be like that, but yeah. So you guys, you're, and you're spending all your time together. You guys are, are you, are you doing this quarantine business everybody's talking about? Oh, yes. But that doesn't mean that we're, you know, we're not staying active. And that was one of my new inspirations for the show. You know, there's so much physical violence in Bonanza. And so sure. I'm going to start like a physical fitness thing um, for Christians and it's called, oh. it's, but it's also self-defense and it's called the other cheek. And so what it is, is in every fight, you, you, you're in the right. You are, you are the righteous. Yep. So you can either hit or let them hit you, but no matter what, you've done the right thing. Like a car. Oh, ring. oh, right. I, oh yeah. I like that. That's a good idea. You're it's all about ride. ethical, the ethical nature of, of fighting, physical fighting. My husband and I are working on it. Cart oh, righteousness. Geez. Cart righteousness. Exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. You guys are a good team. You come up with good names for stuff there, Mutt. Hey, uh, don't work Don't work too much on fighting. Uh, that would be my advice. Hey, John, are you quarantining or what are you doing? Harry, what are you doing? Are you doing all that nonsense? I'm not. Uh, I'm quarantining. Uh, I've been keeping busy, though. Guesting on all these podcasts is forcing me to watch assorted media, as everyone has. As every like you guys are doing the Bonanza thing, and a lot yeah. of other actors are even turning to their own old shows that, to as a way to get even more money out of uh, a sitcom or a TV show that ran for five to ten years. Hey, John, of, you lot- you haven't done a podcast of a show about Deadwood called Deadwood Boys, have you? I have not yet. I've don't been pitching do it. it. Don't oh, do that's, it. That's your plan now? No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying we, these guys, they already do it. We had a guest on last week who was on it, and he's oh, troubled. Okay. He's troubled. Don't do it. And we well, will hey, take that, it as an affront if you do. Yeah, don't All do right, it. Yeah, I won't. Hey, I, I'm in over my head. I thought a lot of these shows were going to be half hours, kind of fun or interesting to watch, and not like blurry, uh, weirdly audio mixed, 45 minutes of... <laughs> Oh. Uh, I'm just closer to 49, friend. This is just back when they took no commercials. Just landing straight in the middle of a story where you're not even sure who the characters are. And now, and I'm guessing I'm like, I'm doing Michael Imperioli's Soprano show. I'm doing Jenna Fisher's The Office show. I'm doing Kevin Spacey's after show for uh, a House of Cards. I'm doing uh, Crystalia's oh, wow. wrap up show for Undateable. I'm doing, I got all these podcasts. I, I lined them up back in the day when I had uh, this show planned on coming out. So I, I've been b- keeping busy watching so much fucking content. I'm doing I'm doing the Woody Allen uh, movie hour with Louis C.K. So I'm wow, like a geez. fucking <laughs> I'm busy as all hell. I got to say, you really honor your commitments. No matter yeah. what comes up, you honor those commitments. Yeah, Has no Cosby contacted what? you about a Cosby show rewatch yet? Yeah, I guess he still owns the rights to Little Rascals, and he's going to be doing Little Rascals on the Peacock Network and needs an official podcast wrap-up show, so... Uh, I keep, uh, I, so yeah. I have meetings. I've been having a lot of meetings with the cause, uh, you know, talking through the plexiglass on the phone and get, getting shit together. Um, he says it's for COVID reasons. Mm-hmm. I think it's official as part of the federal building that he's currently living in. Oh, boy, I'll bet you he is just as hilarious as ever through the plexiglass. Well, now, I do... You reminded me you were talking about the Deadwood Boys. I do. I want to give people a quick uh, 
update us to what's going on this weekend. We're recording this episode on July the 1st, and as you know, on July the 4th, we are having the 2020 first annual Wilcox Ranch Exposition of Cowboy Poetry, Wit, Wisdom, Western Music, Beans, Neckerchiefs, Gonorrhea, and Rope Tricks. In addition to all of that, I am now advertising that this event is a uh, going to be also a very exciting armed standoff with the law because here I'm just outside of Tombstone, Arizona, and the law has basically said that stuff like what I'm planning cannot go forward. So the sheriff called me, says they're going to be blocking off all the roads to Wilcox Ranch. So guests, number one, cowboys don't need roads. I'm recommending you guys come in through the, you know, just ride through the San Pedro River Valley on horseback. Come on over the over the mountains there if you like. But if you do need to take the roads, uh, please, I'm advising people to come heavily armed and prepared to take out a few sheriff's deputies. And as I think I mentioned last time, the sheriff told me a while ago that he considers his deputies uh, pretty expendable. So don't worry about that. And this is going to be a no masks, no hand washing event. As I said, we're going to have a, a French a kissing booth, a dirty spoon, chili tasting, a coffee coughing contest. The journeymen are going to play. Amy Sleverson's going to have a Christian Home Goods booth. I'm going to be Mulcahy. selling rocks. You're going to be selling rocks? rocks? Yeah, that you can throw at people or even a larger rock as a as a fun game for a whole family to be we're going to be pushing a large rock up a hill and that's you pay to do that and then just when you get to the top of the hill the rock rolls back down and then hey. you start, then they start again that's just wow. like old sisyphus right didn't he have <laughs> yeah. that problem yeah, that's right it's, hey i wanted to say that I, oh sorry go ahead <gasps> Oh, well, they they win when they find um, passion and meaninglessness. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hey, didn't somebody eat his liver? What Was that him? No, that was another guy. Okay. That what was, were you going to say, Mutt? Well, just that I'll be uh, still got scheduled a Mexican standoff with myself and two mirrors, but my promise <laughs> is that I will not fire first, so I expect to be there. You know, come on by any time of the day I expect to be there. Yeah, I keep telling people we're going to have a one-man Mexican standoff with this thing, and folks are so excited about it. Yeah. They can't wait to see it. Yeah. Uh, Bartle B. Mulcahy, he is going to be selling sand paintings. Uh, Chip Junction is going to be doing a live demonstration of Blue Dead Redemption. Russell Shine is going to be in a dunk tank full of piss, which I've been filling up myself for a couple weeks now. Mano Ogopian says he will be on hand to give a lecture on toxic masculinity, and that is scheduled for 5 a.m. And then we've got... Uh, the last ever appearance of Cram Daniels and the Deadwood Boys. They, that will be the final time anyone ever sees them in public. Yeah, and, I want to real quick say something about them. I did go yeah. on their show and I poured a, a, a pint glass of Coors on their mixer, so they ain't going to be having. They're going to be having some technical problems. Let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> That's our rival podcast, John. We don't like them. <laughs> but uh, hey, John, John, uh, do you, what, what, why don't you come out also? Is there something you'd like to do at the festival? I'm still booking acts. Uh, I could run people through um, like a Roman candle show, uh, sort of like a throwback to old burlesque slash kind of the danger of fireworks. Um, I've got a cop buddy here who's just been dropping off cases and cases of fireworks outside my house. So uh, I could bring those down, fill my ass up with Roman candles, light them up, you know, put one in my mouth. Shoot them both out at different ways. Go hands. I could do one where I, I could put one in my ass, one in my mouth, and do cartwheels. People love a lot of this shit. A oh, it's so funny. Yeah. 
That sounds fantastic. So consider wow. yourself booked. And uh, oh yeah, we did move every, all of the events indoors uh, <laughs> recently. So and that's not have nothing to do with the weather. It's going to be a beautiful day. But uh, all right. So anyway, great. We got John Gabers with Roman candles in his ass. Okay. <laughs> well, that, I'm glad I got that announcement out. How long have we been doing this for? Crying well, out about uh, hour twenty, I think. <laughs> Happen again. Well, tell you what, we're going to take a break. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about uh, season one, episode eight, the Phyllis Dietis, the Philip Dietisheimer story. That's the episode of Bonanza. You guys ready? You feel good about taking a break now? Woohoo! Yes. Here we go. Here comes a break. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, we're back from our break. Buy whatever that was, please. Okay, here we go. Episode 8, the Philip Dietisheimer story. This episode is most noteworthy, as we mentioned a bit, for the things that it does not have. Half the regular cast of the show <laughs> is missing entirely. There is really? no comic. Yeah. Wait, oh, who is it? Who are the characters on this show? Who are the characters huh? that are supposed to be in here? John, you're telling me you don't know. Wait a minute. You don't, you're not a Bonanza fan at all? No, I don't watch any of this shit. I have to like do, just I just watched the one episode I need to for the podcast that I'm shit. guesting on. Shit. So, uh, what are you talking about? Shit. I mean, stuff, things, media. I don't watch. You said I could cuss and then all of you call me out for cur well, the first curse the, I made. It's not the cursing. It's the yeah. uh, context. It's the I tone. Mean, this, this is up yeah. there. The tone. This is the finest television show what's ever been made. Yeah. Context Re matters. Really? Banana? Uh -huh. You think that this is the finest? I mean, it's the finest show alive. This is episode six, and it's got an or an eight. What is this yeah. unpronounceable, eight. unpronounceable title name for an well, episode? Now eight. you have a point there. They should have just called it the Dutchman story. The Dutchman. They, they should have called it the Dutchman. Or like, call it literally. Why? Why is that character who I thought was an important character in this? He's just a guest for this episode, right? He's yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, all right. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, uh, damn, if we can't get a Bonanza fan as a guest on this show for crying out loud, but Bonanza is the greatest television show that was ever made some say it's the only television show really right, right. and uh uh yeah so this is episode eight the no God normally given. the show 
Yeah, yeah it's God every television things. show, and literally because we think they just took scripts from unused pilots <laughs> and threw them in. Yeah. And now I'm starting to see that maybe these were just like narr narrative documentary dramas about historical figures that they're shoehorning into Bonanza. I th I'm thinking now. Well, our friend Bartleby Mulcahy pointed out uh, the episode that he was discussing with us that the, the, the Cartwrights were incidental to the plot and did not need to be in that episode at all. And uh, I can't get that out of my head because that's very true here. In this episode, Adam is a mining engineering expert, which he's never been before. <laughs> <laughs> and Hawes. And probably which one's again. Which one's Adam? Is he the hot one? He's the Han Solo one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a fucking stud. Oh, wait yeah. till you see Little Joe, man. But you didn't. <laughs> no kidding. You Little didn't. Joe. Wait, the, the hottest character on the show is, a guy, is someone named Little Joe? I'm <laughs> uncomfortable with that. <laughs> He's a grown-up. Oh, yeah. he, it's a he, too? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's no regular women on this show. No, no. All the women have died. All yeah. the women have died. Yeah, all the I, women are dead. Well, I do like a, a woman gets a prominent role in this as the person who's crying about her dead husband for 50 straight minutes. Yeah. Yeah. She's, a, she's our you, woman you of the, the week. The victory in paradise pantry. That's when she would get a little box of groceries. Oh, that's right. That's what that's from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, and, the, the, the owner of the mine says, uh, send the widows the usual box of groceries, <laughs> which there had to be a less heartless way to phrase it. Maybe just leave out usual, you know. I, I think also if your show is but, just rapidly, is wildly vacillating between casts from episode to episode, you need to really lay out who the bad guy is in an episode and no better way than to say, send those uh, widows a bag of groceries. That's like, we, we now we know, oh, you're the bad guy, the two handsome guys and the Mr. Niedermeyer or whatever. Those yeah. are the good guys. Philip Dietesheimer and he's a real person. <laughs> That's he's a, right. He's based yes. on a real person? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He is, absolutely. This is history. <laughs> what? What? You think they would have made up that name? It's living history. <laughs> Bonanza is the state of Israel where the fires come down from Virginia City, which is Sodom and Gomorrah, and then yep. burns through the map. And that's that we're trying to... The reason... Pa and little Joe aren't there is because sometimes you can't see God and you just have to have faith. That's beautiful. <laughs> that is that is beautiful. Sometimes yeah. you can't see God. Uh, is the mine is the mine in every episode? Is the mine a thing? Is that no. like is because no. it no. it feels like this whole town is built around mining and is well this... we've never seen that mine entrance before, Fred. So <laughs> okay. I nope, never the elevator again. Nope, never the elevator. Never. That had to have been difficult to build on a soundstage. All right. It looked like a, it was used for Brigadoon. Oh, oh Brigadoon. yeah. Maybe. Hey, let, let, but let me just quickly explain for John and for anybody else that might be listening to this who is just as ignorant about Bonanza. <laughs> Normally, the show is Ben Cartwright. He is the father, and he has buried three wives. And by each of those wives, uh, he has had a son. Uh, the first one was Adam, and then there's Hoss, and then there's little Joe. And they all have three different mothers. And uh, they have had apparently genetically passed down to them certain personality traits from their mothers, which makes them three totally different guys. And it's the four of them living out on the Ponderosa, raising cattle and growing timber. And then and 
uh, uh, this is during the Comstock load and there's silver mining going on. There's all these miners coming in and and mining uh, barons coming in and Virginia City is nearby and there's tons of city slickers in Virginia City and that's what's going on in Bonanza. But every episode is like a completely different show. So that's that's part of what's exciting about it. And so, yeah, does that all make sense to you? Yeah, uh, John? I have a question real quick. Now, in the opening credits of this episode, it goes Pernell Roberts, then Dan Blocker, then Michael Landon, then Lauren Green. Is that how they always do it, or are they giving the other two short shrift because they want in the episode? Oh, man. I, I have to admit, I have not been tracking the order with which we'll, we'll I, I'm it. always distracted by how long we get to look at them That's in the true. opening credits. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just, you know. But fella just has to stand there while his name is on the screen, and it's not—it's it, a live shot of just a fella standing there, kind of smiling for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So the the main characters are four men, and the the only women like who are represented in the main cast are their deceased mothers. Is like part of their backstory. Yeah. And is there a regular woman that's in the cast? A no. regular woman. A per- no. no. Oh. And sometimes not even a woman. No. <laughs> that's true. Well, they're unless been, I they're think, helping, unless they're a helper, just like in Genesis, God shall not, man shall not be alone, and I will make her the helper. And then sometimes women come on and they cook. Yeah, That's and John, right. there is no women uh, featured prominently throughout the series, but there is a, a hideous racial stereotype. So don't worry. Oh, all right. Uh, I don't know who you're referring to, but sometimes we do have a very uh, comical and very appropriate and very sensitive uh, performance from Hop Singh, the Chinese cook. Oh, uh, I thought you were talking about uh, the uh, misrepresentation of uh, the Dutchman in this episode. Oh, and I was no. like, I don't think now's the time to center Dutch uh, racism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, probably not. But yeah, uh, from time to time, a woman will pop up on the show and it seems like she's going to hang around like the episode will end and it'll seem like well there's no reason we wouldn't see her in the next episode but then we never see her again and mostly because she dies usually yeah yeah okay is this like is this like numbers where the math whiz guy is an integral part of each uh episode he helps them solve problems using math let me stop you right there no no (laughs) no No, it's it's only in this episode that Adam Cartwright is a mathematical genius. Oh, okay. <laughs> that feels convenient, but I like it. Or featured prominently, to be fair. We haven't seen much from him. And we learned that science is expensive. <laughs> That's true. That's one of the big takeaways of this episode. Science is expensive. This episode also, by the way, has some wonderful guest actors, as it always does. And I, I've really taken to uh, looking into their backgrounds. The, the bad guy in this episode, Andrew Holloway, he is the uh, owner of the Ophir Mine. And uh, that's an actor by the name of R.G. Armstrong. He played the Sandman in the Metallica video, The Sandman. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Sleep with one eye open. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, go check it out. He looks crazy in it. He he oh. aged in a way that no one has ever aged. He has the most <laughs> extraordinarily wrinkled face that it's possible for a man to have. And he, so they put him in that video. In fact, his know. face w- w- is so wrinkled that he also played prune face in the Dick Tracy movie that oh, oh yeah, came out in 1990. You know, uh, when they uh, first bring him in, I think he's her fiance. I, I couldn't put it together me, at first. I thought they were together too because he was older and and of authority, and he could have purchased it, her. Yeah, online. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that was that. that it, the show opens with a father-daughter scene, and she's celebrating her engagement to a fella named Gil. Oh, by the way, also R.G. Armstrong, you might find this interesting, Mutt Taylor, also played the role of Louis Vendretti in Friday the 13th, the series. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, he looks very familiar. Now, I'm not as familiar with the series because I don't watch yeah. any other television but Bonanza, but from the movies, yeah. I feel like I, I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Charles Cooper played Gil. He was a Klingon in Star Trek V and Next Generation. He was on Cop Rock, and he was in a very strange movie called The Rabbit Test, in which uh, Billy Crystal... <gasps> Billy Crystal has a baby. I know yeah. that movie. <laughs> yeah. That's a movie that uh, uh, star uh, Joan Rivers wrote and directed it, and Billy Crystal has a baby in it. Yeah, real lost to time. Lost to time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a spoiler alert. I'll tell you that the last line of that movie is, oh, my God, it's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> That we should, they should recycle old movies and make a new series of Bonanza, so we could just have that used as a new mo- show. I know we've been trying to get that made as Moonanza, where the, the boys colonize the moon to do a Comstock load on the moon. Yep, silver mining on the moon. <laughs> yeah, and then finally, Mala Powers was uh, Helene Holloway, and uh, she was on a television show called Appointment with Adventure. Now, in my view, it somewhat undercuts the adventure if if you had to make an appointment for it. <laughs> and she also played yeah. uh, Daniel Boone's wife on The Magical World of Disney. Boy, I'll bet you those were some, some really powerful scenes between Daniel Boone and his wife. You know, you have an appointment because if it's an appointment, I mean, you have a point and you have an yeah. appointment. If it's an yeah. appointment with adventure, it implies that adventure has a secretary. And that mm-hmm. just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, that's right. I tell God to I tell God to schedule all my tragedies between three and four. I'm asleep. You should put that put that on a coffee mug. <laughs> That's when I take a nap. Loopholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd rather wake up to bad news. All right. Well. <laughs> Hey, I'm going to show the first clip of this episode here. Um, where get ready what happened? To take your headphones off, John. These get real loud. <laughs> yeah, I haven't mastered it. Wait a minute. I, there's a bunch of things I need to do here. I got to expand this here, and then I'm going to say share screen, and then I'm going to say share computer sound, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm. Are you now? You're seeing my screen. Yep. Oh right. God, Jesus! How Whoa. many tabs are open? Red <laughs> tube. Red you tube, should... porn hub, hey, hey now, fans, hey now, hey now, all hey. Christian porn. That's <laughs> impressive. Wow. You should get a woman to qui- a woman to quietly help you. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good idea. All right, what are the tabs? Uh, yeah, they're all fine. All right, <laughs> we, we got. Uh... So this scene now, this is the very first scene of the episode. Uh, the Helene is getting uh, engaged to Gil. This is her engagement party. Gil is the superintendent of the mine, and his father-in-law-to-be owns the mine. And he comes over and just right immediately expresses the fact that he fucked up. Let's watch this. <laughs> this is something else. <laughs> Forget about being superintendent for one night, Gil. The mine will run all right without you. I sent the night shift back to work on the third level. You what? I told you we couldn't work the third level without new timbering. Dad, you promised no mine talk. 
And that whistle indicates there has been a mine collapse. <laughs> yeah. It's the happiest signifier of tragedy you'll ever hear. <laughs> Men are trapped. It sounds like a high-pitched banshee just laughing. Yeah. A, a little uh, satyr with, like, goat legs comes out and just plays a cute <laughs> little note to let you know that your fiancé is dead. <laughs> it's like the end in A Great Escape when they all die, and then it just cuts to bum-bum, bum-bum, ba-dum-bum. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot like that. Well, I, I, I thought that was a pretty uh, striking moment where he just wa- he walks right up to him and says, hey, don't you worry about any, anything. I fixed it so all kinds of people are going to die. <laughs> and, and that's exactly what happens. I miss this about shows when stuff would just be really laid out clearly in three li- lines of dialogue. Now we know exactly what's going to happen. And that's kind of it's kind of nice and comforting to know, you know, there's no temporal shifts no pov swaps no uh voiceover to confuse you it's just hey here's what we're dealing with for the next 49 minutes yeah characters should speak in exposition not meaning or emotion yeah Yeah. no time for metaphors and similes just give me the fucking just read me the stage directions well you know who didn't get that note i'm a business owner (laughs) (laughs) i'm a business owner i don't have time (laughs) Yeah, just come right out and say it. Yeah. Uh, the Dutchman, though, he speaks in poems whenever he opens his mouth. Well, anyway, after this scene, we go straight to the opening credits. And here's a little piece of trivia I found online about this episode. This episode is the eighth episode of Bonanza to feature the burning map in the opening Ooh. credits. Whoa. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. All right. And this is the eighth episode of Bonanza. That's correct. That's how it so, that lines up. Wow. It, I guess so. Now... They go to the mine. They rush to the mine. Engagement party's been ruined. They run to, uh, over to the mine, and uh, Adam has to punch a guy who's upset because his kid brother is in the mine. He just just punches him out. And, uh, yep, it turns out that third level collapsed. And uh, what happens? Uh, yeah, that's when Holloway says, well, make sure each of the widows gets the usual box of groceries. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm telling you, I, I feel like you could say... Please send the widows some groceries. Just say it like that. <laughs> yeah. And but then you know, the person would be confused and go, oh, you mean the usual box? And I then suppose. the cat would be out of the bag. So, yeah. You you really got to lay it down thick that this happens frequently. And he's <laughs> well, it happens so frequently that Paradise Pantry, the business model I'm setting up, mm-hmm. is specifically for people who lose their life at work and their spouses. You know somebody who died on the job, you send them their left loved ones some a box of 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 pantry items like you know, stuff that you really need eggs yep. and beans yep. and milk. Yep. Yeah, I mean I think if you're a widow and you receive some eggs and beans and milk and then later you're still crying over your dead husband, a person would be in their rights to say, what more do you want? You could make just meals alone with those three things. Have you ever had egg, bean, milk, stew? Oh, man. Oh, that's, there's nothing that's, a, that's a one-pot meal, and you don't even need to cook it. Yeah. I've tried to make it countless times, but kept accidentally making bean omelets. Oh. I wanted to I wanted to make an egg, bean, milk stew, but it kept coming out as a bean omelet. It was very yeah. frustrating. Yeah. I need to figure out the pan heat. I need to figure out the pan heat. That's what it is. Well, okay. Uh, so it turns out that Adam uh, and the Cartwright boys are supplying the timber to 
the mine. And that's why Adam is involved and intimately involved in this. And he's uh, he knows all. Now, he doesn't just show up with the wood. He's done the calculations. He's done the math. He knows all about how the engineering of timbering in a mine works uh, because they've got trees on their land. It makes perfect sense. And uh, he figures he'd like to have a conversation with the Dutchman, the man who is sort of engineering the timbering. He wants to talk to him. Right. I'm trying I'm skipping over a bunch because we somehow gabbed about all kinds of stuff. Hey, uh, but there's one funny thing. Uh, I like this expression. A guy, the guy that Adam had to punch out earlier comes back later and he says, I don't blame you for poking me in the whiskers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like that. Uh, the most relatable scene in this episode for me is the I don't know if we're there yet, but the thick necked moose character character's name. Ox Cartwright or whatever it might Haas. be. Haas. Haas Cartwright. Haas Cartwright. Is he the big thick neck guy who orders a second steak? Uh, yeah, that's he got right. a yeah. second steak and he won't pay for it. <laughs> he says, I can't uh, figure out who's going to pay for this on an empty stomach. You better send me a second steak. And now that guy is in every episode. He's a regular character. On he show. is unless he's not. Yeah. Until he dies in real life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He is and one of the Cartwrights. And somebody sent his wife a bag of groceries. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. He's a Cartwright. Yeah. That that gives me promise to see that leading men could be guys who seem like they may have just uh, taken off a blue coveralls from their plumber or garbage man job and then turned around and became a lead actor of a TV show. Oh, you love yeah. you love to see just a thick necked guy with a calloused hand who just randomly gets to be a TV lead. That <laughs> excites me. That excites me that big doughy thick necked freaks have a chance in Hollywood. Yeah, well, he is uh, the character of Haas has unlimited strength, and uh, <laughs> he has a um, a very very. He sort of mind. has the ability to fight like a like a cartoon cat, right? Like he gets rolled up in a ball with a bunch of people fighting, but when they peel him off, he's still fine. Maybe he has like one hair standing. Yeah, he's out the of Popeye way. of the Ponderosa, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except it's steak and not spinach. And we're gonna uh, we're gonna show that brawl. That brawl was something else. All right, now, but let, I got to get through some of this plot for crying out loud. Uh, what happens here? I, there's a bunch I could skip actually. Now that I'm looking at it, uh, most of it's not important. Uh, okay, yeah, but uh, okay, big thing happens. Adam and Philip Dietzheimer, the mining engineer, and Gil, the mining superintendent and fiance of Helene, go into the mine together to check it out, and damn it, if it doesn't collapse on all three of them, mm -hmm. and they are all, for 100% sure, going to die, except that Haas uses his super strength to climb through the rocks. He just climbs through rock. And he uh, he lifts a gigantic log off of uh, uh, Adam and the Dutchman, and they uh, come to safety. But Gil has perished in the mine. Can, can yeah. we talk about how badass it is when Haas is like, no one could stop me from going down there to rescue them. And then it's revealed that it's an elevator. <laughs> like, like kind of takes the wind out. And he's, I'll yeah. rescue them. <laughs> like slowly yeah. being lowered. Well, yeah. not only that, he, he has to call to somebody off screen to lower yeah. him. Hey, all, right, has, now. all right. Use the pulley system to send me slowly and safely down there to save my brother. Just two guys in uh, Wizard of Oz fleeces uh, got, with cigarettes hanging out of their mouth, cranking the fucking uh, rope down for them. <laughs> That's about right. That's also a part of the turn your other cheek workout. 
um, zone <laughs> is that we provide uh, we provide the you know just rocks to throw at things, but then also you can have pickaxes and then oh, yeah. yeah, and then a lot of punching and kicking. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. I'd like a self-defense. I'd like to carry around a pickaxe for self-defense. Not a bad idea. People take it real serious. Uh, Amy, I didn't realize when you said you got some business ideas from this episode how like how one-to-one they were going to be and how specific to this. Oh, <laughs> I there's no there's I I go what I go there's no B. It's just A to A to A. <laughs> A to A. Oh, it's exactly what it is. A to A and everything in between. I love it. Uh, Okay, so uh, what is it? Haas has to tell her that her fiancé is dead, and she has a big dramatic scene. Man, oh, man, does she have a big reaction to that. Uh, Helene does. And then then she goes back, and they tell her father that Gil is dead, and he has, you know how sometimes people will put the letter H in front of, you know, they'll really pronounce the H in a word like what, W-H-O-T. He's got the most pronounced what that yeah. I've heard in a long time. And I, I appreciate it. And then, uh, but uh, the uh, grieving. Was the de- wait, was Gil's death revealed by like, and where's Gil? He didn't make it. What? What do you mean? He's still down in the mine? No, dad. He's yeah. dead. <laughs> That's. Yeah. The, his, his guess the is. Exchange oh, was, uh, yeah, it was pretty. The exchange was, where's Gil? He's still down there. Oh, okay. We'll go get him because I want to ask him. No, you don't understand. <laughs> He's dead. Soft playing it with uh, Holloway there, uh, letting him walk himself into that trap back. <laughs> he sure did. He sure did. And then that's when Holloway erases all doubt as to whether he's the bad guy this episode when he says, Gil, dead? Well, I'll have to hire a new superintendent. <laughs> that is his daughter's fiance he's talking about. Man, oh, what, a, what a jerk. So oh. is this when we No, we've already met the Dutchman. But here's what happens. Adam sits down with the Dutchman, and the two of them start talking about how to fix a mine. And, and it's, it's too real... slow. They're... It's yeah. too slow. Science is too slow. It's slow. And, and, boy, they really talk again and again and again about how the Dutchman is not getting his eight hours of sleep every night while he's trying to figure out how to solve this engineering conundrum. That's a major feature of this episode. Well, that's a genetic trait of Dutch people is they have to sleep eight hours or they can't do mining i'm sure you're right i've never heard of it i'm sure you're right well i'm going to play another clip here this is the new superintendent comes in to talk to uh talk to the guys while they're trying to figure out this whole thing uh why am i playing this clip i'm not sure except it's a good it's it shows us uh adam being a, a mining engineer and it's a it's a good example of the ways that people get punched out in this uh television show here we have go. you ever oh, considered wait, just playing the full episode and we don't talk and that's the that's the podcast well, that was my original pitch, but somebody <laughs> at Earwolf said, no, you can't do that. I don't okay. know why. Well, all right. Anyways, now I'm, I'm going to send Street. all your, I'm going to send all your spouses a box of groceries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. God damn it. Here we go. Clip. That is the problem, Adam. And it is increasing every day. The veins of silver grow wider, the deeper they go. I know. And the U-bracing that we use in a narrow stope becomes worthless in a 65-foot-wide gallery. And it's not only the overhead pressure, Adam. There's a constant side pressure as well. I want to talk to you, Dutchman. Vertical bracing and cap pieces, certainly. But it would be standing so thick that a man couldn't get through. I'm in charge now. We are very busy. And even the tower bracing you suggested... Listen to me when I'm talking to you. 
You're going to take orders just like the rest of the men. Now, how are you going to get 65-foot timbers down a mine shaft? And I want you to stay away from the men, hear me? They're down there to work, not to visit with you. And another thing, Dutchman. <laughs> I believe in a little formality. There you go. Wow. That's the wow. only way to shut a fellow up. Yeah. And they, they do keep they keep the Dutch stereotypes going. They, we see a little bit of the Dutch martial arts uh, with the shoulder open handed shoulder pop to get it to open up his cheek. And then he hits him with the right cross. That's he sounds Transylvanian to me. And it makes me wonder if he's uh, some kind of vampire or something. Oh, that's now, an interesting question. Is that there's a lot of vampire? Yeah, it might explain a, why he's up all hours of the night doing calculations. <laughs> Sorry, right. he Go would ahead, be a John. little more. He would be a little more afraid of sixty-five foot long pieces of wood. I feel like he, oh. he, it would be hmm. almost scary for a uh, vampire. That's a good I, point. I, I think yeah. a vampire I, in his line of work would spend a lot of time saying, "Well, can't we use metal?" <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe. I also um, it. I know there's a lot of good reasons for diversity in TV, but it's really complicated to keep track of a show if you're watching the episode for the first time and everyone is a brunette white man. Mm. It's very like when that guy enters, I thought maybe he was Gil back to life or one of the other brothers. Was that me little Joe or big Joe? Who is this person? And then it's he's the new supervisor, a character that I forgot mattered. Yeah, so that's the same guy that got poked in the whiskers before. His character name is something like Tar Gallus or something. Somebody yeah. wear a hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what our family do. We have um all the kids and my husband and I, we have um different hats that just say, you know, I'm I'm this one of the family. I'm the mom. <laughs> get that's the kids all apart. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yep, gotta labor yourselves. All right. Uh, oh, that we have a very beautiful scene where Haas comes to talk to the fiance uh, about uh, about death and how a simpleton uh, processes death. And he explains, <laughs> I used to mash my fingers and my mother would kiss him and tell me the pain was all gone. And uh, <laughs> the pain didn't go away. But all I remember now is my mama kissing it or something like that. I love I like that. He's the injury that Haas used to get all the time was mashing his fingers. <laughs> How do you do that? And then he talks. Yeah. yeah, he talks about how he was in love with a girl, and now that was something we saw in a previous episode, and she died. And uh, he says he knows that uh, that his brothers and his father were sorry, uh, but it really helped him to talk to God. Is this the first time that, we've heard about God on this show? It might be. Uh, but I, do you think that uh, Haas was mashing his own fingers under boulders and whatnot just so he could get his mama to kiss him a bunch of times? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Is this, like this, mm -hmm. this is a speech where he says you gather your catastrophes in life and then they it, it's good because then you have all these things that you realize there's meaning in suffering. Yeah, right? no, I believe that's the Dutchman. The Dutchman says we've got to find a way to explain to this fiance how good it is that her husband died because your uh, your tragedies are, are something they they help you. Or you keep track of them, is. which is what I have a new product. It's a necklace with charms. And oh, yeah. you can just, every time something horrible happens in your life, you get a new charm for it. Like oh. you know, uh, melanoma or miscarriage <laughs> or um, uh, death of uh, a parent or death of a child. 
And you are the little it, charms representative of that? Yes. Like, is there a little picture of a yes. like, pretty soon you have a, a full necklace. I mean, if enough stuff happens to you and you're around long enough, you have a full necklace of just these beautiful silver, sterling silver charms of, of terrible things that have happened to you. That, wow. that have shaped Can you your imagine life? the necklace that Tom Sizemore has? Man. I love the idea of tragedy charms. So you never at any time of the day have any moment of not being reminded of the tragedies that have forget. You. It's yeah. truly never forget, but because you've got it as jewelry and bangles. Wow. Oh, wow. Man, oh, man. Amy, what's the harpoon gun on your bracelet? What's oh, that's my brother. <laughs> He passed away in a terrible accident. He was on a, a vacation in in a Mexico, and he he just he's not he's kind of clumsy. And we said, "Oh, don't do anything crazy down there." And he, you know, I mean, they had people telling him be careful, and he's just a silly goose, and he died. Oh, yeah. what's the what's the paper shredder one you have? Is that what oh. that is? A paper? I was wondering about that one. Yeah. That's a funny one. I mean, not so funny in that it happened to somebody else. But oh, um, my my boss at work, and that's how I got had to start being self-employed. Um, <clears throat> I I said to her as a joke, "Oh, put your finger in the paper <laughs> shredder, and you know I'm gonna turn it on." And she. <laughs> Didn't think I was going to turn it on, and then I did. <laughs> that and must she have been... lost a finger, and she loved to play the piano. Gosh, <laughs> it was such a thing for her. She loved to bring a keyboard in and just cheer us all up, but not anymore. So hey, is that one there, is that juggling pins or bowling pins? <laughs> that's that's bowling pins. Oh, Gosh, okay. you guys, oh. is, is, that's the thing. You can get anything so I was at a party once, and I haven't been to a lot oh. of parties, and it was at a bowling alley, and what happened is the this little this little kid, mm. and it was his birthday, and he he wanted to um be the ball, and he just rolled 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 on the thing, and crashed the pins, and he got. A concussion that he just couldn't come back from. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't help but notice you've got nearly a hundred of those things on. So <laughs> maybe we could do a recurring segment where we check in with your tragedy charms and account for them. I'd, I'd certainly love that. I would. That's a good idea. <laughs> I like not, that. I, I like that you're allowed a, to have. Oh, sorry. It's such a great gift idea for anybody who you know personally and you say, oh my gosh, what's happened to them recently? Or usually within the past 10 years, you can find something and go, oh, right? Remember that? And oh, then, you know what I'd like to do is give someone one and they'll go, what's this a little charm thing of a hammer for? And I'll say, it's for this, clunk. Oh, oh that's... <laughs> That's a great idea. It's a tragedy that hadn't yet happened. Yeah. There's nothing better than a sharp blow to the head that you don't see coming. That's what I always oh, tell my husband. I, I don't like it when I know that it's coming, but if it's if I don't know, it's fun. Oh, of course. Yeah. 
Man, the, the the image of a little boy going end over end down a bowling alley and crashing oh. into the pins and getting a concussion. And then did the machine come and grab him up and mm. pick yes. him up into and wherever the hell torn. it goes? He was yeah. torn into a biblical amount of, uh, of pieces. Yeah. Was any of them so sent through the ball return? He was sent through the ball return, yeah. through the balls. And it was really, it was kind of, um, a moment of connection for all of us there. Um, just oh, the, the just to know that he died for a purpose, and that was for yeah. the love of his family. And that's why I got them. I have this, um, it's a silver um, ornament that you can put in your front lawn that just says family in large Beautiful. script. What a beautiful remembrance. And I hope the owner of the bowling alley sent the family the usual box of groceries. <laughs> so, <laughs> With some frozen pizza. You, they also had that. That's what yeah, I remembered yeah. about that Beer party. Frozen pizza. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone Delicious. at the party got one of the charms. It's sort of like a shared tragedy for everyone that was there. Sure. Well, only if you ordered in time. <laughs> oh, right. Because it was it was only like a, it was a promotion that I was only doing for that week. Oh, yeah. All right. Hey, back to the episode real quick here. Let's just uh, <laughs> because big thing happens. Targalis, he's, he's talking about how he's busy like a bumblebee, and the talk of bumblebee suddenly gives him a light bulb moment. A honeycomb! A honeycomb! And then he designs a model of a new kind of way of timbering a mine that looks nothing like a honeycomb. No, uh, not at all, nor is it on the same kind of a geometric uh, understanding. Not in the slightest. It was inspired by a honeycomb, but I would guess I'd say very loosely inspired by a honeycomb. Yeah. By the by, the end, it just looks like something Mario has to jump over. <laughs> like it's just, it's just a. It looks like a Tetris piece. It's literally just two squares, and they're yeah, like, yeah. ah, yes, just like a honeycomb. It looks like a shelf system you'd buy at IKEA. Right. Yeah. It can hold Blu-rays. Well, bees don't know how to make squares, so they're stupid. Yeah. They are, they're so <laughs> dumb. Yeah, I'm glad they're dying. But that must have been a time where when they when the prop master came to him with the model, uh, they said, well, this doesn't look like a honeycomb. And he said, oh, I'm sorry, what's a honeycomb? <laughs> must have been a thing like that. But it's time And what's of, a prop master? <laughs> what's a prop master? That's a fellow who makes all the various. But we talked about him that one time when they uh, they had to put money uh-huh. in the in the glass vase at the brothel. <laughs> Let's hide the money in the see-through glass vase. It was a, somebody made a mistake. Well, then there's a whole thing where they're trying to get these mining barons to invest in the honeycomb timbering system, and they all they all laugh at them because it's going to cost too much money, and you know it co- costs more money than a bunch of boxes of groceries. I tell you that. Uh, so. <laughs> They don't want to save anybody. And then and then we have a moment where uh, Hoss gets mad and he says, I don't like what this woodpecker's saying to you. I never heard woodpecker as an insult before. And then he tells him, you're the biggest flabbermouth liar in the Comstock. He's got away with words. And uh, I thought he said flannel mouthed. Oh, is that what he said? Maybe it was he did. flannel. Oh, now what does that mean? Soft feel- and dry. Yeah. Yeah. A flannel mouthed thought- liar? I thought it was a reference to like gagging yourself during a sex act with sheets or a scarf or like a, a lumberjack shirt or something. Oh, like that, that must be. Oh, that's Saturday night <laughs> yeah. talk. 
Oh, Amy. Holy macaroni. Oh, Christian bondage. Well, uh, tell me about it. That's my life. (laughs) Oh, Amy. Oh, that explains a couple of those charms. Well, (laughs) now I want to get up to our last clip. Now, our last clip is because this episode has at no time is anybody shot in this episode, which is very disappointing. But at least we get man. Oh, man, do we ever get a hell of a brawl? Oh, boy. All right. You ready for the big brawl? Oh, yeah. This is exciting. Now, this is a brawl where Hoss and the Dutchman have to fight off a whole bunch of (laughs) miners who are fighting for the right to die under uh, cheap timbering. And uh, uh, this so this is like it's I thought of it today like it's like if the Incredible Hulk and David Banner were fighting together. You know what I'm saying? You yeah, got, that's you got right. a Hulk and a scientist. Wait, well, here's the big Doctor big... Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Yeah, that's we're right. here to see that they're protected. Mm. Take him out there. Take him out there. Here we go. So turned on. <laughs> the elevator. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> All right, break this up. I'm still in charge here. All right, break it up. I'm still in charge here. What a brawl. Wow. Uh, I like that the uh, gang of miners were like, oh, we're going to a fight. All right. Everyone, get your vests and hats on, and let's go rumble. <laughs> They're all dressed pretty pretty similarly and all have visible guns on their hip, yet manage to mostly just sort of like mud wrestle. Like they're kind of – it looked a lot like my dad at Thanksgiving, like wrestling my uncle for the rights to the next shot of Jägermeister or some shit. Whoa, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that does. Oh, it is. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there's one moment toward the end of the fight where a fella is standing behind Haas and he just patiently waits his turn to jump on Haas's yeah. back. He's very <laughs> he's very respectful about it. Well, I won't do it now. He's dealing with those two guys. Oh, oh there's right. the etiquette. Yeah. The camera cuts away anytime Haas is has to get from the standing to the ground or vice versa. Because <laughs> I imagine a man of that girth in those pants is not able to just kind of bounce down and back up. So like it's always like he's standing, he's getting tackled. Cut away, cut away, cut away. Because this doesn't look good. <laughs> I was wondering about the utility of those cutaways to Helene watching the fight because it, you don't learn a lot from her standing there watching the fight. And it had to well, have been. You understand what's going on in her body. Yeah. Yeah, she's getting aroused. These are men. Her husband is, her fiance is dead. She's realizing she might not get married. Not only might not get married, she might not ever uh, see men fight for her love. So watching this. Thinking of all those groceries she's going to (laughs) get. Oh, yeah. Well, that. Yeah. Yeah. And what you, what, what can happen with groceries depending on what you get. Yeah, it's fucked up. Because the uh, the head of the mining company, he sends uh, uh, cucumbers, a baguette, eggplant, um, carrots, and a, and a dildo. <laughs> and a, 
and a dildo when yeah dildo. He, he's he's very in charge of keeping it clear you know as we know from his opening exposition he likes to keep it clear so he turns the subtext into text by throwing yeah use the perishable ones first and then when you're done with those you've got the amount of women who have chipped their teeth on dildo soup by accident man say it well but then a remarkable thing happens where uh, Andrew Holloway, our bad guy, up until this moment, suddenly mm. has a, a change of heart. He's been down to the mine, and he suddenly says, hey, man, we got to put those, uh, whatever, if you want to call it a honeycomb, that's fine. We're going to put it down there in the <laughs> mine, and and that's it, and we're all going to do it. And then, the, and then a whole bunch of the mining barons go down into the mine where they've got the the honeycomb system is there and the old system is there and the Dutchman sets off an explosive and he and Adam are going to test out if they will survive in the honeycomb system. And there's a funny moment where all them bastard city slicking goddamn mining barons have to decide, am I going to stand here in the old system or dive under the honeycomb system when this blast goes off? And well, you know what they do. They don't want to die. I, yeah. I know you didn't bring me on for this context, but it's kind of zeitgeisty that this is about the rejection of science uh, and looking away from science, disregarding safety for individuals and employees and kind of just powering through for the sake of money. It's kind of it's uh, timeless. <laughs> it's timeless. Yes. That's it what is. and that's that's why I was led to manufacture all my home goods abroad. So that I wouldn't see how the things were made, mm -hmm. and then um, or how they got to me, and then it was more like a a, a mystery, a, a spiritual mystery, and you know I wouldn't get caught up in all this stuff of, you know, oh, is somebody is an environment being destroyed as a result of all the stuff I'm getting made? For <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. Well, do you believe? Yeah, I mean, for heaven's sake, and uh, the end of the world or the apocalypse or whatever—that's going to be a, a wonderful moment, and it can't come <laughs> soon enough, isn't that right, Amy? Is that how you feel? Oh yeah, yes, no. That's why it's important to kind of to preempt the to let try to be more of a of um a, a sinner and try mm -hmm. to do more stuff that's bad because that will kind of get the ball rolling yeah. and then um we'll we'll all be lifted up <laughs> yeah fantastic i know i know I you're supposed to you get raptured and your clothes stay behind but will my six gun and belt come with me mm. well i would buy a three-year protection plan oh okay on it <laughs> Do you have I mean, one of every, those? Yeah, every time. Yeah, I have protection plans. Okay, I'll take one for the rapture. Okay, yeah, a three-year protection it's, plan for the rapture. For the rapture, it's nine ninety-nine a month, and yeah. that just comes directly out of your bank account, so you don't even feel it. And okay. then, you know, if you have anything that you left behind, um, I'm it's it's insured that it'll be brought to you in heaven. Oh, great. Oh, okay. okay. Well, wow, that's in. great. That's really good. Well, uh, so, oh, yeah, you mentioned, we, we glossed over it here, but uh, the uh, they when they decide to install the honeycomb system in the mine, uh, that's going to be a one-night job, and it is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> little are... Joe 
12 yeah, inch by 12 inch beams <laughs> that are probably 10 to 15 feet long. Uh-huh. Yeah. He says, how are we going to get a 65 foot beam down the mine? Okay. Yeah, I no, got you. you go. Well, we got 40 of them down overnight <laughs> on this it's, little elevator. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Yeah. And uh, little Joe did it. Little Joe did it. And, and without even once appearing for even a moment on screen in the episode. How did I get 40 pillows made out of polyester with biblical quotes on them in a week? Wow. It's a miracle! That is a miracle. Where where are they making those pillows? China! Okay. Or Honduras! Oh, great. Wow, that is a miracle. Man, oh man. Well, okay, folks, that's that's the episode. Anybody got any final thoughts on this wonderful episode of Bonanza, the Phyllis Dietesheimer story? And he was an actual historical person who really did these things. He had a mining, timbering solution based on honeycombs. And, uh, that's right, that's right. Uh, yeah. Does does Bonanza do this Forrest Gump thing a lot? Like, uh, does Bonanza accidentally butt up against cultural touchstones and, like, moments in history throughout the other episodes? Uh, yeah, we we had, uh, like, episode three or whatever, five, was uh, uh, Enter Mark Twain. And it was all about how Mark, we got to see the scene where Mark Twain decides that instead of going by the name Josh, he will go by the name Mark Twain. <laughs> the other choice was Josh. Josh Twain. It has a yeah. nice ring to it. it I mean, he did a lot of joshing. I guess that's right. Yeah. But enough. there's certain topics that are never covered, like the decimation of the Native American indigenous population. Uh, yeah, there's certain topics. That's true. They don't get into everything. Because there's yeah. no time. No, there's no time. They have to talk about these important uh, white figures it's, of it's history. It's a 57-minute episode. <laughs> they can't get into all these offshoots that might many, make it m- more interesting. Right. How no many episodes of this show are there? Only well, unfortunately, yeah, they only had they only, were only able to make 431 episodes, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> You're on episode 8. Right? Yeah. What are, you, we, what are you laughing at? Uh, I'm just I'm just doing the math on uh watching uh, oh, 420 gotta, times Adam Cartwright here. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> You've kept up with mathematics as he says. <laughs> well, uh yeah, sadly we only have 423 episodes left of this show. So uh, And we're going to do recaps, right? Yeah, yeah. We're going to do yeah. recaps of this show. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, folks, I guess I guess that's about it. Uh, hey, who's got something to plug? You got your Impractical Jokers Body Sushi. Uh, yeah, Impractical Jokers presents Body Sushi Swap. And then also, I guess, um, if we're plugging podcasts, I'm going to be a guest on uh, the Naked Gun Recap Podcast with O.J. Simpson next week. So if you <laughs> oh, want to check that be... out. it's called. I think it's called Nodberg Knows. Um, oh, and- that's going to be great. Yeah. he's. I like that guy. He's just charming. He's got just a personable attitude. Apparently, uh, he records it all in a golf cart at an open golf course. <laughs> so that I'm excited to just get, you know, chop it up with a legend like that. Beautiful. You're going to have a good time. Uh, okay. Anybody else? Uh, Taylor, anything coming up for you? Well, you know, a friend of mine got this podcast, what's called Super Ego, and they got season six, which has heretofore been behind a paywall on Stitcher Premium, but is coming out for free. July the 21st, get it anywhere you listen to podcasts. 
That's nice of you to promote a podcast you personally have nothing to do with whatsoever. <laughs> Amy Slaverson, what, uh, what's I want to give a shout out to the book of Matthew, which is <laughs> knock, knock, and it shall be open to you, which, but that didn't happen to this week. Sometimes you knock and there's no answer because the person's dead. <laughs> yeah. That's true. All right. Shout out. Is that crazy? That is crazy. So you are promoting the book of Matthew. Get out there and get yourself. Matthew! (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And uh, and, uh, I'll just remind you, the tickets are still available for this week. Well, although by the time this episode airs, it will have happened. So I I can't plug it because it's in the Boy, was it great. Tense. Good. Yeah, we had a real good time. All right, folks. Well, uh, that's all there is to it. We've done good. We've gone done it. So as we usually do, we try to close these out with, uh, according to Robert's Rules of Parliamentary Procedure, I move that we adjourn the episode. Will anyone second the motion? I'll second. Second. I'll second, too. Uh, Those in favor? Aye. 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 All right. It's unanimous. The ayes have it. We shall now adjourn this episode of Bananas for Bonanza. So long, folks. Bananas for Bonanza is brought to you by Andy Daly with Maria Bamford and Matt Corley. Theme song by Matt Corley with The Journeyman, which in this case are Mark McConville, Daniel Nichikoff, and Wade Ryan. Special thanks to our gang on the ground, Josh Richmond and Shannon Locke. Bananas for Bonanza is produced by Ryan Connor and Matt Corley and executive produced by Colin Anderson and Chris Bennett. We'll see you next time. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.